Life is a piece of cake With layers defined by our mistakes So happy birthday Hooray! Blow the candles out Start another year Here's what you, you don't do. I think we're good. Are we? Yeah. Cool. Good I back. see waves. Man. Uh, You're already doing a better job of this than me. You're like, let's fucking go. I'm ready. Let's fucking do this thing. <laughs> I am ready. One, two, three. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Here's What You Don't Do podcast. I am Sam Dambowski. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! You said oh, I already. I told, I told up. you you don't have to do it exactly. Let's okay. See. All right. Well, um, hello. I'm Kayla, and I am the host today of Sam Demboski's podcast because Sam Demboski is the guest today. I'm gonna chit chat about all the bad things I've done. Which it feels just about kidding. Time. Just some of them. <laughs> we don't have time for all. <laughs> well, I just first want to tell you. How much I've been enjoying listening to your podcast. Oh, good. I really love it. And when you told me about the idea for it, I just thought it was such a good idea. So kudos to you. Because I feel like vulnerability is such a powerful thing, especially for artists. And you've had a lot of artists I really love and admire on your podcast. And it's great to get to know them better. Um, so, yeah, love it. Thank you for saying that, because I'm about to shit my pants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now's not a good time for that. We have about an hour or more left. Just metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah, you nervous? Oh, yeah. I was nervous. I'm having all of the reactions that I know I shouldn't have and that I would tell other people not to have. But I'm like, it doesn't apply to you. You're you. Because I... (laughs) It applies to everybody else but you. (laughs) You should feel horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared to come on this podcast. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Like, I I already was, like, real happy that people wanted to do it and, like, admired people for being willing to. But it's mm-hmm. not until this exact moment, having to get ready to talk, that I'm like, you fucking maniacs. <laughs> 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 In the best way. Yeah. Well, The fact that anyone does this at all. Right. Well, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and I'm going to steal your bit. And I'm just going to tell your listeners to just close their eyes. You too, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta have that. I'm adjusting levels, guys. Can I just I say one I thing have. about Rob, too, is that when I walked in, he was playing My Heart Will Go On on the cello. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. That was the best thing that's happened to me so far today. <laughs> if I were looking for a reason to stall, I'd tell Rob to bust that cello out and do it again. But oh, I'll cut it in. Somewhere. All right. That can be our intro and outro music today. <laughs> Oh, what a good outro. Absolutely. What a good outro after the boat sinks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play my heart. We'll go on. Oh, good times. All right, listeners. Reel, em ba- reel back in with me. Reel it in. All right. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. What decisions are you making right now? Are you a fly? Trapped in a spider's web? Because if so, 
You done fucked up, son. <laughs> Something went wrong. And you have to look back and reevaluate. But it's too late now. You got to pass on to your young fly eggs the wisdom to do better. <laughs> Whisper to the eggs as your insides are liquefied. Do as I say. Not as I do. And that was Sam's rendition of a spider egg. No, a fly egg in a spider's web. Yes. Weirdly enough, this is not the first time in the past week that I've talked about the process of spiders liquefying the insides of flies and sucking them out. Liquefying? Oh, yeah, that's what they do. They spiders, you know, of course, they capture a thing and then they wrap it all up and then they inject like venomy stuff into the insect that essentially like liquefies all their little organs and things and then they suck it out. Oh, my fuck. And that's why little spider food corpses are still like actual little things. They're just hollow. They're just like little bongos (laughs) of death. (laughs) (laughs) My podcast will be Bongos of Bongos Death. Bongos of Death. <laughs> oh, dear. My Cuban metal band. <laughs> uh, LaCroix break, and then let's dive right in. I want to get to know you better today, Sam. Oh, are I'm you lo- sure about that? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm really looking forward to it, because I like you. <laughs> cool. I hope that lasts till the end of the story. It will. I promise. Um, so what is it that you want to talk about today? I'm sure you've been thinking about this a lot since you started oh, yeah. interviewing other people. What will you talk about? Um, and I have, there were really like a few giant areas, um, which some of them will sort of get wrapped up in this story because the story is the latest of them. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so it's um, fresh. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the reason I wasn't. There was a lot of discussing which one should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And a few of the others are more like off in the past, but a little more vague Mm -hmm. and kind of like a subject instead of a narrative, which what I found doing this is that like if you have sort of a concrete story to frame everything with, it Mm -hmm. works pretty well. Um, Sometimes it's fun to dissect things you're still dissecting. As well. Yeah, yeah, and this thing, like, I'm still kind of feeling the fallout of it. Mm. But then it's also the most, like, sort of embarrassing, guilt-inducing because it's only like two years old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're 31 now; you should know better. <laughs> it, isn't that just how it goes? I should know better, but I don't. <laughs> but then, like, in the course of this one, it'll be like, here's background, here's a preview of the thing. I'm not telling you the rest of. Okay, goodbye. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> So. I already processed that shit. It's, <laughs> it's buried. <laughs> I shoved that down. <laughs> uh, but this story is also, um, it's a much shorter, more compact one, but it is kind of like the lead up to me actually like turning shit around. Great. So it also theoretically has a nice ending where the other ones are like, and then stuff continued to be terrible until I figured it out 600 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Pleistocene era. I don't know when all those were. When what was? Pleistocene, you know, those 
the all the dinosaur. Oh, I didn't pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) There's one with a P. I have no clue. Do you know? We're talking about a dinosaur era? Like Pleistocene or something? Pleistocene? Yeah, that sounds uh, reasonable. Uh, (laughs) Is that a dinosaur one or is that like even before those? That might be a before that. Should I look this up? You said Pleistocene. I would have thought you were talking about something that was like an injectable. (laughs) It does sound like that. All right, now I will inject the Pleistocene. (laughs) It's an outpatient procedure. (laughs) You'll feel a bit cold for a moment. (laughs) Just don't go out into the sun for mm, 45 minutes. The Pleistocene's (laughs) pretty recent. It's from about 2.5 million years ago until only 11,000 years ago. Oh, practically yesterday. So this story is your Pleistocene era. (laughs) This story is my Pleistocene era. Good. The other ones are... I'm not going to make Rob look up the timeline of every other era. Proto, the Protozoic. Proto- the oh, that's an early one, right? Protozoic? <laughs> I, mean, I got that from Xenon Girl of the 21st century. <laughs> I don't really know what it means. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh, the Pleistocene is the first epoch of the Quaternary period or the sixth epoch of the Cenozoic era. Does Typical. that help anything? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your Pleistocene era. <laughs> My Pleistocene era. Mm-hmm. Um, well, starting off basic background, what really factors into directly into this story um, is a history of disregarding mental health issues that should have been addressed at much earlier times. Mm-hmm. Um, I am bipolar. Um, I have lots of nice pills for it now Mm -hmm. uh, and therapy and things. Um, back in the day I didn't, and it was actually in college that it really manifested the most shittily, I guess is a good word. Yeah. Um, and you're pretty typical. It's a, it's bipolar two instead Mm -hmm. of bipolar one, which is less severe Mm -hmm. and it's more of, um, it's depression most of the time. And then you have like spikes of hypomania, which isn't as severe as like a manic, mm. full manic episode. Um, but I, it's a lot of like your typical symptoms of depression. And then every once in a while, you're just like fucking up. Energy's high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those like you think nothing can take you down. Mm-hmm. Fucking spending money all over the place. I'm familiar. I dated someone in college who was the opposite manic most of the time and then de- oh. and then like really sharp spikes downward Ooh. which is also scary yeah mm-hmm. like was it really severe the manic was their whole personality was just mania all the Ooh. time and people were very drawn to it so it was kind of like anyway this toxic thing but yeah okay oh yeah and it definitely manifests as it looks like confidence mm-hmm. because in not. those time periods, you really are just stupid enough to think that like the world's your oyster. And not only mm-hmm. are you going to pop it open, like you're going to crunch it open with your teeth. Yes. Because they're made of diamonds. Yes. And then you're going to chunk into that pearl and inside is like a sun that you'll then eat because you're like the Phoenix force. Mm-hmm. And then you build this empire around you that is false can crumble at any moment yeah and then you come down and it's like well not only am i back into depression um i now have no money right 
Dear God. I have no money and a lot of shameful experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay, so bipolar two is what you have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really one that you hear about a lot. So my idea at the time was like, I think I'm depressed, but there are times when I'm incredibly energetic and happy. So like, it couldn't be that. Then you're just like, I must just be a generic failure. Mm. Um, until I actually got to know people who had friends and siblings who were bipolar and heard about it and was like, Hmm, maybe I ought to do a little internet research. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very distinct point, at least for me, there was where, um, you suddenly figure out that what you have been interpreting as reasonable responses to the world, mm-hmm. um, is actually just you. Mm. it's not the world it's me because mm-hmm. before that when you're not aware that um that's like a condition that you have you, there's no reason to doubt that like when you respond with intense aggravation to something minimal that it you would be out of line mm-hmm. there's no reason to think that um when you're in it right <laughs> So it later it becomes easier over time to identify unreasonable thought processes. It well that um yes. I don't know if unreasonable was the right word. You know You know what I mean? It's something that I would say and other people would say like, "No, oh, your emotional response is valid." And mm-hmm. you know, to a certain yeah. extent they're like, "Yes, it it's true emotions are valid, but they're not justified i guess there's mm-hmm. a distinct difference between something being valid and something being justified right. so it's unreasonable in the way that it's not it's not a reasonable reaction to the input that you're getting uh-huh um still not the word i was looking for i'll think oh it'll come to me <laughs> yeah, just jump in whenever you got it <laughs> um but actually being able to gauge what is reasonable and what isn't continues to be a problem Mm-hmm. Not right now. Rational, unrational, irrational. irrational. <laughs> yes. No. That's that. That's mm-hmm. perfect. That's perfect. That's a mm-hmm. good description. Um. And at the time, and I couldn't tell you like what moment it was where it was very suddenly like something is wrong and we need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. So I did lots of internet research <laughs> because that's where you go for info and everything is the mm-hmm. internet. Um. And that led me to be like, oh, this sounds a lot like bipolar too. Um, and it was, it was my senior year of college. So I had already, I was already at the point where I wasn't going to graduate, which was one of the other stories, how mm-hmm. Sam flunked out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe you'll get to hear that one at some point <laughs> in the future. Um. But I went and actually visited a psychiatrist like with with my like home diagnosis in hand, Mm -hmm. Um, went in, told him what I thought it was and like what thought process led me to get there. Um, Mm -hmm. and, (laughs) And his response was, well, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. 
Wow. And at the time I was like, ooh, validation. This is great. I do know what I'm talking about. And then thinking about it now, I'm like, that's not a terribly professional thing to do. No, I think some doctors also get like, oh, you found that on Google, did you? (laughs) What do you need me for? (laughs) Your prescriptions. (laughs) Okay. I did get a prescription out of it. Okay. Um, and this was back in 2009. Um, so I actually, in 2009, I started taking one of the medications that I actually take now. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot less of it. it really shows how stuff can develop in your brain. Like at the time when I was trying this stuff out, which it's Lamotrigin, which is like, it's kind of a magical mood stabilizer because um, it works very well mm-hmm. and it has like no side effects. That's beautiful. It's like when you bump up a level, you might get a little tired and then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing goes adjusts. along with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you have no side effects unless you get this fatal rash and die. <laughs> fatal rash. <laughs> yep. Uh, When you take it, uh, you have to take it very, very gradually. Like Mm -hmm. you start a general dose. I take like 400 milligrams right now. Mm -hmm. They start you off at like 25 Mm -hmm. and then you go up to 50 and then 100 because they have to wean you into it or like your body will have a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And then you get a rash and die. Oh, God. But assuming you don't get a rash and die, (laughs) it's pretty cool. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Well, good. That's good. You found something that works. Yeah. Well, I've layered more stuff on mm-hmm. now because at the time, like I hit, I think a hundred and I was on the phone with my mom at one point and she was like, all your reactions are just like a second too late. Mm. Like it was to everything. Yeah. Like I was talking to her and like just me responding to things that she was saying was just like a mm. little far behind. Okay. Um, so that that's what my brain was doing in 2009. I now take four times as much plus two other things. Mm-hmm. So you leave that untouched, it's going to get worse. Sure. For all you crazies out there <laughs> who are like, listening. it'll be fine. <laughs> you get on that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was pretty close to the end of my college career because I stayed for four years and then was like mom bouncing mm-hmm. no I didn't graduate I'm still leaving anyway mm-hmm. um my family moved here while I was in college so I just followed them out to Seattle mm-hmm. and was like let's pretend none of that ever happened um so I ran out of like this initial prescription of this stuff um tried like calling the psychiatrist in Spokane um because I went to school at Gonzaga Mm-hmm. University. Um, the place with the basketball. The place with the basketball. I think they might even have more than one. What? <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> That's the inside scoop from a real life student. <laughs> you hear that, folks? Sam Dembowski saw more than one basketball at Gonzaga. Confirmed. <laughs> they practice and everything. <laughs> um. But you know, somehow I never got a hold of him. Basketball? No, the psychiatrist. Oh, like you I would couldn't call get the a hold office of the and like leave voicemails and never heard back. 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, didn't try terribly hard after that because I tra- kind of just like wanted to forget about it mm-hmm. and being that person. You're like, I'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, I feel better. I'll be fine. I'm not in that environment anymore. Mm-hmm. It'll totally take care of itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take no, care of Going itself. on medications and coming off them is a hardcore time. <laughs> yeah. And then being like, I'll be fine. I just mm-hmm. won't do any of the things that already aren't under my control Mm. but it'll be cool Mm -hmm. um so how'd that go not you know not great okay (laughs) (laughs) and there's um there's a lot of crap in between that and where this story picks up Mm -hmm. um because the result of a lot of the behavior that comes along with you know, being a little nutter butter mm-hmm. um, is, you know, a decent pile of guilt and shame and embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Thanks, society. Well, I mean, kind of as there should be, too, because I did I did like legitimately terrible things mm. in between. Mm-hmm. And I can say that. Those actions were influenced by emotional responses that were prompted by something out of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does not make you any less, less culpable for your actions. I so think. there's, you can't disregard it, mm-hmm. even though I probably tried to at the time, at least somewhat. But then when you try and disregard it, you end up being worse to people mm. because they're having reactions to what you do that say that you did something bad, which you did do, but you don't want to really acknowledge that you did something bad because that makes you feel terrible. So you end up being like really hostile. Mm-hmm. Or defensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, to the extreme. Yeah. Um, but then you were talking about, you mentioned um, being able to judge like what's reasonable and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um. What I developed during that time period when I was like, I don't need medication. I'll just use everybody else to tell me how I should be acting Mm. Um, and became very reliant on like third parties telling me when something was okay and when it wasn't, which sets up a dynamic in relationships where if you feel any reason to not trust somebody whether that's reasonable or not you end up testing them Mm. to see whether they actually like you or not Mm -hmm. and that ends up being very toxic sure um and i can i can say in my last super long-term relationship that um that there were points where I was verbally and emotionally abusive. Mm. And that's uh, a really crappy thing to say out loud, Mm -hmm. but not nearly as crappy as having to be on the other end of it. So let's not pretend that they're even close to equivalent. Yep. There are people that are like that, that never process it and are just like, what? This is me. (laughs) Why don't you just love me enough? (laughs) Because you're shitty. Yeah. Because you're really shitty. And you don't know you're shitty. Or you do and you don't want to admit it. Yeah. But cool. So 
yeah. Processed. I mean, it's yeah. It took me way too long to get to that point, mm-hmm. um, but it did happen. And like I said, a lot of people don't get to that point. Yeah. Um, but then having that like whole stack of behaviors behind you, and like relying on other people to be your input, but also being scared of asking for that kind of thing, like actually openly asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, is a real hard balance, and by hard balance, I mean it's not a balance. It's incredibly dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um. Oh gosh, what was the sentence I was gonna say? It was about. We're talking about being abusive relationship. Coming oh out. yeah, okay. Asking people for stuff because mm-hmm. um. I mean, I talk about it a ton now, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't really until the end of this story, which is like October 2016, like not even two years ago, mm-hmm. that I actually shared any of this with like more than one person at a time, Okay, um, which is part of why this story ends up happening, is not sharing that kind of information with people because mm-hmm. uh, you can't turns out you can't put it all on a single person or like that's too much and it's mean and things go terribly Mm. um gosh have i used enough time on background okay yeah so fast forward seven years um to early 2016 um what a year what a year what a fucking shit show. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Neither will I. <laughs> a lot of really terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like one good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I love to show off to people now that I work like a menial labor job, but with like corporate office benefits. Because mm. uh, for a while I was working in a retail store environment as um, management Mm-hmm. which I made a lot more money, but it was also miserable and really stressful and I wasn't good at it. Um, and that kind of stress just adds to already um, messed up brain chemistry because mm-hmm. things like not sleeping enough and like not eating enough. And then needing to manage people and oh yeah, customers it all and product. Very directly affects mood in bad bad ways yeah um and like now i can't i can't go like really more than a normal length of day without being like totally out of touch with the rest of the world back in my unmedicated phase there were actually a couple of times i worked full 20 hour days what yep why because i was like i can do it Mm -hmm. i don't know i think maybe it was my attempt to like take advantage of the bad shit that shouldn't have been happening in my brain at all. But being like, I can, I can be up and work for 20 full hours. So I may as well do it (laughs) because I can. I'm awake. So (laughs) I have this horrible superpower. Morning, everyone. I've been here six hours. Everything's ready to go. (laughs) I've been here since Saturday. It's Monday morning. (laughs) Uh, I only sleep every other night anyway. Do you think your your um, employees could tell that oh, you were probably tired? 
or oh, not yeah. tired or that you hadn't slept? Well, it's one of those things where like you can be, I could be like up and functional for a long time, but then you get to the end like four to six hours and like you're still up and chugging, but your brain has left. Mm. Have you ever had the point where you're like up and you're so tired that it almost feels like you are at the back of your head? Yes. And there's just sort of like a fog and then somehow you're looking out through these little eyeballs. Yes. It'd be it's like, like being that. really hungry and all you can think about is food. Yeah. Then being really <laughs> sleepy and like, I have no time for any of you. <laughs> yeah. So this is like it's like your brain is actually trying to retreat yes. and like go somewhere else. Yes. We're gonna go where it's dark. Yep. Like, no, look, look with the look where the light is. We <laughs> have things to do. Um so that um that just didn't I'm just not like a retail management person. I'm sure I could do it now. Mm-hmm. In a much better headspace, but it's also miserable and I hate it's a, it. And it's it's a very stressful job. Yeah. It's not one worth having unless you want to try and get somewhere. Or they're paying you a lot. Or they're paying you a Should lot. But they better more. be paying you a lot. Yeah. And that's the thing. I was at a level in this management structure where you had to manage people, but you weren't like a quote manager. Mm. So it was like, you're managing, but you're still hourly. Right. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's like the worst of the interim positions. <laughs> uh, so early 2016, I got demoted, which was really the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm, um, good. Because luckily, um, I was still really good at like the regular job bits of it. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm like, I'm smart. I'm fast. I can figure stuff out. Um, I'm relatively strong mm-hmm. <laughs> for a person my size. Um, so I got to go to like a regular, like no extreme stress, regular hours, still way early in the morning, which hurt. It hurts to work at 6am. It's the worst. Um, but it allowed me to do a lot more on the comedy end, which was like, great. I can spend so much more time on this. It actually, that point made my mental health worse. Being out late, doing comedy and then being at work at six and it was the fact that like when I had the more intensive job it was that was stress in the way that I had a lot of shit I had to do when I was at work and like the schedule was variable and having to manage people is just fucking sucks Mm -hmm. um but on the comedy end it was like it was stress about things that I actually cared about the thing with the job was like, I don't give a shit. So the stress is kind of like, it affects you, but it's mm-hmm. like over there. And then it's like, I can put all of this effort and stress into something that I actually really care about. And that makes it like 10 times worse. Yeah. Because you also have the effect of like, what are people going to think of this? Yeah. That takes a lot of energy. Just caring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're like 10 years into this cycle of just repeatedly hating yourself. Mm. And then repeating these behaviors that, like, mm. you definitely shouldn't be doing and you notice it afterward. But at the time, not so much right. in an effective way. So I, and I still kind of struggle with this. I put, at the time, like, 110% of my self-worth into comedy. Ooh, so yeah. if that didn't go well, it was like, well, you're garbage. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you already knew, but. 
It's hard now not you, to <laughs> have that mindset yeah. doing comedy. It's hard to be able to shake off a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> like a bad set. Or you're like, bad... I'm supposed to be good at this. Right. <laughs> what happened? It's hard. Yeah. Um, so that just really made things like rapidly worse. Um, and like the depression especially was far more severe. Um, manic spikes would also be pretty bad. Um, and then, um, although suicidal ideation had always been a problem, Mm -hmm. it was in this time period that it got like really severe. Mm -hmm. Um, like beginning half of 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like a everyday kind of thing. And by everyday, I mean like it's always kind of a thought hanging around all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though I don't really deal with that now, I don't know. So something about suicidal ideation is like riding a bike. Yeah. It's like learning how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. And then you may not ride a bike for like a thousand years, but you'll never forget how to ride a bike. All of a sudden you're on a bike. All of a sudden you're on a bike. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you form that like path of logic in your brain. And even if, you're never tempted to go that way ever again. Like the path is so well worn. You know what it feels like. Yeah. And you even like just the intellectual thought is there no matter what. Mm -hmm. And whenever you have a thought of like, ah, I have to do all this stuff. There's always that bit that's like, well, technically you don't have to. You're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, go away. (laughs) Stop doing that. You feel yourself on the path, strap on a helmet. Whereas before (laughs) you were like, fuck helmets. Ah! (laughs) Helmets are for waiters. Waiters? <laughs> Wieners. Oh. <laughs> but also maybe waiters, depending on what restaurant. Yeah. Are you on the roller skates? Are you one of those <laughs> waiters? Then you need a helmet. <laughs> then you need a, I would need a helmet. <laughs> I just learned how to roller skate a couple weeks ago. Really? It was fun, but then I got cocky and fell a lot. <laughs> and I saw a lot of people when you're on roller skates and you fall you fall oh yeah because you got your forward and then you got your down yeah I all sorts of vectors working in bad directions yes. a lot of my <laughs> night was looking at people and going oh god ow <laughs> you okay was this just at like a roller rink set yeah, it was at the Southgate roller rink I already want to go back I had so much fun <laughs> I'm, but I'm scared. I loved falling down so much. I felt so alive. Yeah. Hitting that plastic. Yeah. I want to be good. I want to be a trickster. I want to be able to dance while roller skating is fun. Ooh. There's a big part of me that wants to do derby. Yeah. You would be great at derby. <laughs> I would, that night I was like a little drunk and I was like, I could do derby. And my friend was like, do you know what derby is? You would die. But you could. I don't think I could. I don't well, like contact. I don't well, like, the, you need the you need the little speedy people to actually do the like the point getting. I would be. I'm such a wiener. Back to wieners. <laughs> get, I'm scared. Get your wiener helmet on. <laughs> you got too cocky. You got to put a helmet on your wiener. <laughs> no, I'm not scrappy enough. Not. Enough. I was worried we wouldn't get any dick jokes in here. <laughs> you see what we did? We started talking about suicidal thoughts, and then we're like wieners. <laughs> Take a quick break to talk about roller rinks. Wieners on roller skates with little helmets on. <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
oh god since this is my episode i'm gonna give i'm just i gotta describe what's in my head because it's a it's a wiener and then (laughs) the the balls are like it's a feet so the balls are wearing roller skates but they're round so they don't really on the wiener the wiener oh i'm thinking of a hot dog oh no we're talking (laughs) we're talking about dicks definitely dicks i've been thinking of i've just been a never mind (laughs) so let's let's go back okay and the balls are in the skates and then it's wearing a helmet that's all got it (laughs) now just imagine (laughs) that trying to skate around (laughs) falling over whoa kayla laughing roll out roll out right Um, oh yeah, gosh, where were we? Um, um you've you've ridden this path before. Oh now yeah, yeah, yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah. But we're the, in 2016 and this path is being forged. Yeah, still. shit's really going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um so there was one of my friends. Well, I mean, I guess at the time we were friendly and knew each other, but didn't really know each other well enough mm-hmm. to be like friend friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the most really like direct interaction we had had before that point, other than like being in the same crowd all the time, being like, "Hey, what's up?" Mm-hmm. was um after I went and saw one of their shows because they're also a comedy person, mm-hmm. um, and I'm the type who's like, uh, like I want to say hi to you, but like I don't because then I'd have to figure out like how to say hi. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say hi. I think I was with. Gary, my friend Gary, at this show, and we walked out, and I was like, oh, "Should I have said hi? Like I wanted to say hi, but I didn't say hi." And he was like, "I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> Only you can answer this question. <laughs> You're not being very helpful, Gary." <laughs> um, but then after that. I got a Facebook message from them later that was like, so I really like I wanted to say hi because I saw you at the show. And then like I didn't know if I should. And then after a word, I was like, I should have said hi. And I was like, oh, I thought the same thing. And I was like, let's make sure to say hi to each other. That's nice. Yeah, it was. Um, But that person had. um, Like sometime, maybe like. Six months before. I actually went and contacted them again, uh, had done this whole like little Facebook thing talking about their own like mental health mm-hmm. shit. Um, and like, if you ever need to talk about something like I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, I don't really know you. So mm-hmm. that's nice. But like, I'd feel weird about it. Yeah. Well, like six months later, like everything's really going downhill. No, I'm a little better. So I send them a message that was like, hey, remember, remember that post you made like half a year ago? Mm-hmm. Um, you still up for like some talking? Um, almost immediately got a response. Oh, cool. um, And it was like, yeah, when do you want to meet? Like I could do tomorrow like or tonight. Mm-hmm. So they were like, um, you know, this is a really hard thing to do. So the sooner you get on it, the better. Yeah. Like, no reason to wait. And stew and now like, oh, what did I do? No, yeah, I was like, no, this is this is cool. Um, I had a rehearsal that night. Um, and for for some reason, I was like, OK, you can meet me here after rehearsal. Um, and for some reason, everyone wanted to hang around. Uh. And we were like standing in a parking lot, like outside the rehearsal space. 
with me and like a couple other people and like every other time like everyone just spits splits and they're like bye fuckers and you're Uh like you can see the dust they leave behind as they all go home that was your expectation that was my expectation and there i am like standing with two people like i don't know if they were expecting me to start walking somewhere first (laughs) but then i'm standing there and they're standing there Mm -hmm. and then the person i was meeting like drove into the parking lot and then like sat there for a bit and then I think was trying to be kind of slick and like got out and like sort of like walked around the corner of the building. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to reveal what's happening here. Um, and I think I finally said like I'm going to stick around here for a bit. So I don't know what y'all are doing, <laughs> but goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually like sat down and talked and. um. It was off, like, straight from the start, far more, like, attention and support and emotion than I was ever expecting. Mm-hmm. I you was thinking... deep talks right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, we would sit down and, like, I would kind of say what's up. Um, and they would tell me about, like, what their sort of experience had been and, like, where I could jump into because i had theoretically done the psychiatry thing Mm -hmm. like seven years earlier and it was me walking in and being like give me pills Mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell you exactly what's up and at this point you're not medicated no or in therapy or anything no 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 okay um yeah my previous psychiatric experience had been uh like a six-month period Mm -hmm. of that like medication thing because i only saw the psychiatrist like three times total okay and just to do like mood check they have like little fucking charts they want you to fill out they're like today i was a two and then it was a six and Mm -hmm. then it was a negative four Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i like did a couple of those but that was the extent of like worksheets therapy yeah i got one the other day that was like how to deal with negative thoughts. And it looked like there was like little cartoons. And I was like, oh, jeez. I feel like I'm in fifth grade and I love it. Oh, I've never gotten cartoon charts. <laughs> Every once in a while I get one that's like, you know, have you felt such and such things? And it's like, give it a number. And then they look and they're like, oh, you, your total's better than last time. Number 10 is just a brain with a sad face. <laughs> mm. Sad brain. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I like how things are going lately. (laughs) Oh, no. Right. Okay, so you're sitting with this person, and it's getting real. Yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of explaining everything that's going on. Um, And the whole subject of suicide comes up, and I think it was actually them that brought it up first as, like, is this a thing that's happening? Um, cause part of their story also involved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I think about it constantly and like, there's no plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm walking toward a cliff. Like I know it's there. I just don't know how far away it is. Mm. Like I'm going to get there eventually, but like, I don't, it could be like two feet in front of me. Who knows? Yeah. Um, because every day was kind of like, there was always the thought that 
you know, life is a sort of equation of your positive and negative values and what are you netting at the end of each day? And it was like one day the math isn't going to add up. Right. And it's going to be bisers. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Laters. Laters. I did real good in algebra, so I'm <laughs> definitely going to get this right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so you're relating on that. You've yeah. both felt this. Yeah. Um, both been on this path. No yeah. helmet. Yeah. Um, told them about kind of the rest of how everything was going. Um, and the response was... Um, and there, there are little bits I have to leave out of the conversation because they involve personal details of, yeah, like things that this person told to me about themselves that like, I mean, I heard them, but they're not part of my story. So I wouldn't talk about them. Um, whatever you feel you can share. Yeah. Um, but the final like real sentence of the whole thing was them saying to me, um, you're my friend and I love you and you're never going to be alone. Which first off, every person that I've talked to who has ever dealt in like a sort of suicide crisis situation, I say that sentence to them and they go, oh no, do not say that because that's, you're never going to be able to fulfill those expectations oh you're say the sentence again um it was well you're my friend and i love you that's like fine but Mm -hmm. the whole like you're you'll never be alone yeah because part of the suicide talk was like you know i don't like i live alone i have friends and family and shit but i'm not gonna involve them so it's a very well-intentioned thing to say yeah, it's like, what do you, what do you do if you get in that situation and like no one else is there to stop you? There are going to be moments where you feel alone. Yeah, and that was where the, you know, you'll never be alone. Yeah, for those because like I'll be there. Yeah, sounds like they just were like, if you need me, you know. Yeah, I'm like here. I'm gonna be there. Um, that that'll come back around. Okay, that's some that's some good cinematic foreshadowing. Okay. Um. It was definitely one of those situations where it felt too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And it was. And not out of. Uh, part of my debate in telling the story was the fact that it is the most one where I am not responsible for everything about how it went down. Sure. Um, Takes two to tango. Yeah. But it's also, like, this is about my half of it. So I think it's important to note that um, even though there were, like, promises made and expectations set that weren't fulfilled, um, I don't think it was ever out of, like, malice. It was just someone who wanted to who wanted to help and didn't know what their limits were. Mm. And, and you're, you had expectations at this point. I had expectations. Which are dangerous things. <laughs> yes. I had expectations <laughs> and a combination of being incredibly afraid of driving people away 
mm-hmm. but also having that history of testing mm-hmm. um, the sort of veracity mm-hmm. of other people's behavior and feelings toward me. Because um, part of that, like a very important big part of that conversation was them saying um like if very directly if this ever becomes more than i can personally handle i will let you know okay um which would have been great well we'll see uh, mm-hmm. oh boy <laughs> here we go <laughs> here we go chuggy chug <laughs> um so that conversation happened. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is not what I was expecting. And like, so great. Like, I actually have a person to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, which what I found out later was that there really were like a thousand people I could have gone to that I just didn't. Sure. So um, I ended up putting a lot of it on one person. Mm-hmm. It sounded like you guys had a mutual interest in each other, just in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were definitely like friendly, got along, Mm -hmm. even if we didn't have the most comprehensive relationship. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the problem Mm -hmm. going into this Um, because we were like casual friends. But this was like this is taking a friendship from like two to twelve yeah, in a day. In a day. Right. Um, so it's kind of uncharted territory or yeah. how do we label this in our minds? Yeah. Well, then you set up a dynamic where this is someone that you consider a friend and you want to be friends with, mm-hmm. but the entirety of this like increased intensity of relationship is based on this like power dynamic that doesn't really allow for that because mm-hmm. it's like we're theoretically better friends but we're not better friends because we as like equals got to know each other we're better friends because like you have been recruited into this not me like the other party mm-hmm. was recruited into this position of like if not authority then like knowledge and support mm-hmm. so which sounds like was the best of intentions. I don't know how oh, this ends yet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, it ends terribly. Yeah. Okay. It ends very terribly. Um, but still, it definitely was best intentions at the time, mm-hmm. which I think is part of why it still like feels terrible to yeah. think about. Yeah. Because it wasn't like, it's not a situation where I could just vilify them mm-hmm. because that would be totally unfair mm-hmm. um because i was a huge part of why this was terrible okay. um because i'd entered into this scenario 100 percent taking this person at their word which it's an interesting situation because had i been in a better headspace i wouldn't have i would have picked up on clues that it wasn't working out earlier Mm -hmm. and I would have acted on them with an idea of like this probably isn't going super well so I'm gonna Mm -hmm. back off now yeah um but we're all just figuring shit out as we go yeah which is what was you guys sounds like you guys are doing yeah well if I had been if I had been in a better headspace I wouldn't have been there in the first place Uh, so like this had I been 
in a mental state to stop it from going where it ended up going, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have existed. Okay. So kind of like a paradoxy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it was always going to end badly. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just me, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like Taylor Swift, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> Wait, is that the one that people put goat noises into? Yes. Oh, heck yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I think so anyway. Okay, so this night happens, then what? Um, after that, um, a lot of our interactions were, at least like the actual talkie talks part, were text. It was a lot of texting. Mm. There were a lot of long phone calls in there too, but it was primarily text when we didn't actually see each other, mm-hmm. which um, is part of the problem mm. and part of what leads into it kind of exploding later. Um, so it would just be a lot of like us talking. But did this feel like you guys were almost acting as each other's therapists? It way? was. It was just loaded the one direction. It was just oh, they, them they were acting like as mine, essentially. Pseudo-therapist. Yeah. And I, that is not a dynamic that I was looking for. I didn't want that to be what it was. And oh. I didn't want them to feel like that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's how it ended up feeling to them. And ah. I can't really argue with that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a situation where this was someone that I wanted to be better friends with. Mm-hmm. But I was very aware that this much closer relationship only existed because of this, like, request for aid and mm-hmm. this, like, promise and expectation of health. support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would prompt interaction? Because aside from kind of going for that sort of help, um, anything else felt intrusive. Mm. Like I wanted to be better friends, but it seemed like like requesting that, trying to develop that, wasn't like an authorized activity. You started off on a different foot. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the reason we know each other better now is because you have said like you'll do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, it to me that didn't seem like an invitation to be like, we're besties now. Like I'm going to try and take up more of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my attempts to not like force a friendship, it just made a situation where I was really only spending time with them or talking to them when I needed something. Mm-hmm. So okay. there was really no way for them to feel like it wasn't just a, therapist dynamic because I was pretty deliberately not contacting them um, a lot unless there was that sort of thing because it was like what you've told me is that you'll be here for this stuff you even said you'd be here for anything else so I'm gonna contact you about this stuff but then it's just like ding dong I'm here (laughs) let me throw some terrible shit at you and make me feel better now right um, so that, yeah, 
the first, I guess that was like the end of April, maybe. Okay. The first like month, month and a half or so was perfectly like congenial. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole dynamic thing wasn't a problem. Um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't actively a problem for me. I was taking up a lot of their time mm-hmm. um, okay. with texting and phone calls and talking. And mm-hmm. um, there was at least one time, which has probably happened multiple times, but just one distinct one. Um, I would just like go to Green Lake and just like sit there mm-hmm. for a while in the evening mm-hmm. um, and just sit there essentially. Mm-hmm. It's just not a like, bad place to sit. Yeah, just like sit and look at this lake and be like, you could walk into that at any time. Because mm-hmm. you're fucking Virginia Woolf, you drama queen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Throw some rocks in your pockets and <laughs> write a novel. <sighs> oh, that's so mean. Uh, Virginia Woolf is great. Don't, don't anyone think I don't like Virginia Woolf. Are you referring to a person or the play? The author. Okay. Virginia Woolf. I've only... Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's a real person. Okay. <laughs> What's, oh, what was her big book? Um, the one that I always hear reference to is A Room of One's Own. I didn't even know she was, I don't, I thought she was a play title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is. That's yeah. not incorrect. Uh, no, she was an author and she killed herself. I believe it was, if I'm getting this right, it was like she loaded herself down with rocks and like walked into a river or lake wow. or some shit. You know, Not some 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 killable body of water. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and there was one of these days where it was like a particularly downer conversation on my end, mm-hmm. like really bad. So you're sitting there texting them. This is the this phone. was on the phone. Okay. Yeah. Because there were some phone conversations in there that were incredibly long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those like, whenever you need me to be there, I'll be there. Um, mm-hmm. Which for a while they absolutely did. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, in this situation, it was a very long like, I was having a really bad life, but day in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and at some point I got up and I was like, oh, I'm about to go like get a bus home, like walking toward there. And they were like, well, I'll just do, like I'll meet you at this spot and I'll like I'll come. I'll, I'll pick you up. I'll give you a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was at. I don't know if you go up Aurora a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at like 80th and Aurora, there's a Benjamin Moore paint store. Yes. It was like, I I, it was oh, really? Yeah. Um, it was me like waiting in the parking lot of the Benjamin Moore paint store. Mm-hmm. Nothing, no better place. <laughs> I feel like shit. So I'm going to be in a parking lot in Aurora <laughs> with everyone else who's also feeling like shit. <laughs> he was like, I'll meet you there. And it was evening. So it's like, it's not even like the paint store's open. You can go browse the <laughs> chips, <laughs> pick a color. Um, and I was waiting there for a while, just like feeling, feeling shitty, mm-hmm. um, feeling shitty and feeling grateful that they were like, oh, I'll just come give you a ride yeah. and simultaneously feeling terrible because it was like taking time out from what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and they rolled into the parking lot and parked and got out of the car and just headed straight for me and gave me a giant hug, like Aww. totally unprompted. Aww. And I just was like crying. That's so sweet. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate going by that parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I go there all the time because yeah. Gary lives up Aurora. So I'm on the E-line all the time. And I get to 80th. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. I hate this corner. Yeah. I'm never buying paint from you. I'm so sorry, Benjamin Moore. Fuck you, Benjamin. Fuck you, Benjamin. I can't paint anything anyway. I live in a rental. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. And I always paint. I always paint. <laughs> and then you leave here like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's pink now. <laughs> Except for the bathroom. The bathroom's purple and the kitchen's blue. And I took a swipe at the carpet. Although it keeps coming off. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so that happened. Stood in the parking lot for a while. Um, and then they were like, oh, let's get Carl. I'll, I'll, Get you a beer and then we'll take you home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which was very nice. Went actually like went to a bar, had a beer, sat for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a real distinct, nice time of like emotional connection. Because mm-hmm. um, this person is. One of those people that, like, every every feeling that they have is, like, broadcast intensely. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can figure out their mood from, like, fucking two blocks away. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if it's positive feelings towards you, it's, like, insanely positive, involving. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who is on a downhill slide and they're the only person that you're communicating with. Um, it's like amps that up a lot. Yeah. So they were um, showing you a lot of like love and yeah. you felt cared for. Yeah. Good. And like extra intense with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're also someone where if they're not happy with you, it's very mm-hmm. obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it may not be obvious no, I think it's obvious to everyone. <laughs> um, that's just kind of how they roll. Mm-hmm. I respect that. <laughs> um, yeah, so beyond that, there were other, like, hangout times. Um, there was definitely one time, like, getting brunch. And then, and not just getting brunch. It was like I was I was gonna pay for it and I was in like terrible financial situation so I was like you know if we could go somewhere cheap that'd be good and they're like I'll just I'll just get it Mm -hmm. so they're getting getting brunch going to their home drinking drinks Mm -hmm. I was supposed to do a podcast the same day Mm -hmm. not yours it was never yours (laughs) (laughs) I didn't Uh, bail on you Rob I didn't bail on you (laughs) I never came tanked to a recording of mouthfeel oh jeez um (laughs) Uh, it's true um but it was like right before i was supposed to record another one and we had a few and it was fun um and then they ended up like giving me a ride over with a with like a travel thing 
of like another one. Like you want one for the road. <laughs> and then luckily this podcast recording didn't happen because someone didn't show up. Oh, so okay. I was like, oh, probably better. Mm-hmm. I can meander home mm-hmm. on the bus. Kind of sloshed. Sure. Um, Been there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have oh, I've done a lot of drunk trips on the yeah. bus. I've fallen asleep drunk on the bus, which is very dangerous. Yes. Not good. I've fallen asleep drunk at a bus stop mm. and only been woken up by cars honking oh, at me. God. <laughs> TGIS, we're still here today. <laughs> um, so the first big problem came around end of June. Because um, that's when I had finally gotten an appointment with someone to like, be evaluated for cool. medication-y stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all of like the resources really came from them. It was like here's a list of like places you could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also it was the day before my second solo show because oh, I did two solo sketch shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like the stress of that. Because if it doesn't go well, my entire worth as a human being sure. goes away. Sure. <laughs> so it better be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to go through this process um, that I did not know how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to that appointment and it was very strange. I really like assumed that I was going to feel better afterward. Mm-hmm. But I just like talked a ton and I don't think she wanted me to talk as much as I did. Was this a psychiatrist or a psychologist? This was um, an RN. Oh, okay. Because at the place that um, I still do stuff through, they have kind of like two halves of their service, and one half is like therapists, mm-hmm. and then the other half is like a a bunch of RNs that do specifically medication management. Mm-hmm. So you've got like the two separate sides of it. Yeah. Um, so I was just in for like the medication part. Okay. Because I was like therapies. Therapy's not going to do me a ton of good if my mood is shifting so severely that my emotional reactions aren't even based on what's happening. I'm not going to be able to analyze my behavior if it's not based on input from the world. I see. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get the medication bit out first. Um, but it was supposed to be like a sort of a basic rundown. I feel mm-hmm. like I talk too much, like I would have talked to a therapist. Right. <laughs> and I left and I just felt like weirdly hollow. Mm. Like I didn't really know how to feel about it. Sort of felt foggy. Did they tell you, give you any like medication or ide- like ideas? For no, I had to, I had to do a few more visits. I see. Okay. Um, and like, you know, a little fucking chart, give it a number. Yeah. Have you wanted to kill yourself in the last week? How many, how many days per week? It's always one of those, like in the past month, like mm-hmm. not at all, you know, two or more days, most days, literally all the time. And you like check one off. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember what you checked? Oh, for all of them? Oh. I'm pretty sure at that point it was just like... All the time, straight down the list. Yeah. Um, 
So I was like fucking immediately left this appointment and was texting them like, I went and it feels weird. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You want to do something? And like they had plans and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? That time they said you'd never be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out they have a life. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) um, So I was, uh, was I was talking about like recruiting another friend to see if like, she would want to like get a drink and keep an eye on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and their response was something probably far more innocuous than I remember it um, about like not using her to like be my babysitter mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that. Uh, this other person said yeah, it, not like the one that I was like, yeah. maybe I'll go see This other person her. was like, I'm not your babysitter. Yeah. Like don't use people like that. Um, oh, geez. Which I. <laughs> that's not the. That's not I mean, the it wasn't. That wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. It also probably wasn't totally inaccurate. Like I definitely wanted to be around somebody. Yeah. Um, I but didn't I react well I to that. I would say that's not what friends are for. <laughs> That's what friends are for. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Please hold me accountable. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I didn't react well to that. So I yeah. I went on like this little spiel of like I'm doing what I can and that's not like I'm not using people for that and that's like really shitty of you to say. Yeah. Um it was far more aggressive than it should have been. I wouldn't react well to that either, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're all just doing our best. That person was just <laughs> doing their best, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like after my last little bit, I didn't hear back from them that day. Um, and the next day was the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think earlier in the day before the show, I was like, I don't know if you're still mad at me or not but like are you are you gonna come to the show anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) um didn't hear back went there um I like popped out this was at the pocket so like Mm -hmm. I popped out into the lobby at one point Mm -hmm. um and there was a whole table of people and I came out and as soon as people saw me it was just like a big crowd of like waving hands like oh hi Mm -hmm. uh except for them hmm and they were sitting there and just refused to like look over, just like staring straight ahead. This is the that's not what friends are for person. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I'm here, but I'm mad yeah, still. Definitely still. But not, I still love you. <laughs> definitely not in a good mood. Yeah. Um, and then right before the show started, they were like standing at the back. Like on that little wall, like my favorite place to hang out. Yeah. Um, Because they couldn't really reconcile in my mind that like they might be super pissed and still be there. It was like Mm -hmm. if you were that mad, like why would you show up? Yeah. Just to be like sort of shitty and be there. Yeah, they didn't answer your text, so now so they're in your head now. Yeah. So I went up and like I wanted to say hi and be like I'm I'm a nice person. Look at me. Tapped him on the shoulder and they like turned and did like a half nod. Like you're there and then turned back 
And it was like, crumble. Um, and this was right before it was supposed to start. And I went backstage. Um, and luckily, the show was complicated enough that I had recruited a friend to do tech for it. Mm-hmm. So she, um, right after this happened, I was standing back there and like the show should have started. <laughs> and she was like, are you ready to go? And I just started crying. I was like, no, Aww. give me a few minutes. And I like went out back and like cried for a bit yeah i only wasted there (laughs) yeah right i've cried so many times in that theater i think i've cried with you back there (laughs) (laughs) oh well the election night yeah um no there was a there was definitely a distinct time period where like just out of habit like i cried before every show like Mm. just for a second Mm. to be like okay now i'm ready now i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) um so the show happened didn't see them afterward because they took off Mm -hmm. um and then the next day i was kind of really i was kind of really mad about it Mm -hmm. um because i just didn't get why i was like why would you show up to be shitty Mm mm-hmm like what is the point if you this if you like didn't want to support? Yeah, if you didn't want to be like actively supportive, why didn't you just stay away? Yeah. Um. So it was like a he and you know have you argued over text before? Yes, it's the absolute worst thing. It's very counterproductive. Yeah, it's unhelpful. It takes a thousand years to get anything done mm-hmm. if you get anything done, because mm-hmm. um, your responses are never in real time. No, so. and I'm usually like all fired up and my heart's racing while I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. And then later I'm like, why didn't I just <laughs> wait? Or, uh, But it's emotionless, even though you feel all the emotions, you can't see the other person's emotions and can't be really affected by them. Yeah, yeah, and you just can't, you can't respond in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. By the time you get around to saying what you need to say about their stuff, they're already on to the next statement. Yeah. Um, and like, I do that too. Mm-hmm. And like we both at the time had that problem. So when you have two people, cause they have like actively admitted, I don't know if it's still a thing. Um, but at the time, at least like anger management was not their top skill. Mm-hmm. So they were very open about the fact that like they get pissed off easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd mentioned several times before that text is not a great way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And it especially wasn't at that point. And at some point during that morning, I was like, Hey, can I just call you for a second? Um, and it was one of those like, get on the phone. And this is me like taking a break out from work. Cause I was at work doing all of this. Oh, um, that's when I argue with people via text when I'm at work. Yeah. It's the most convenient time. <laughs> you're, I'll be in my cube. There's just thinking too much and a catastrophizing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the rest of the time you can distract yourself with things you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you're at work and it's like all sides of this are unpleasant. So why don't I do this thing that I'm emotionally involved in? Mm-hmm. Even if it is just rage. Yes. Um. Oh, got on the phone and it was like, it's like five minutes and this shit is resolved. Yes. Yeah. 
because it was a, a, essentially my half of it was like, why would you show up and do that if you were pissed? Mm-hmm. And finally got on the phone and the explanation was like, you know, we both do a lot of stuff at this theater. Like, I don't like to take drama in there. But they did. See that? Oh, see that? I'm glad you're not the only one who thinks that because it's very much one of those like, yeah, technically this was inaction that you Mm -hmm. were doing. Like you weren't doing anything, Mm -hmm. but you were still doing things Mm -hmm. by not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But that was their way of like avoiding causing problems yeah and like wanting to be there for the show yeah, but sure not they, wanting you know, to have they love to address you and they, it they want to see your they didn't want to miss your show yeah because they knew this would be resolved soon hopefully yeah well, I hope so. <laughs> um but it was during that conversation that like very directly it's like text is a terrible way to actually communicate like mm-hmm. don't have serious conversations over text yeah would that be followed no <laughs> arguing on the internet is also the same thing <laughs> People, more gets done when you have a real conversation in real life. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same thing. It's like never mm-hmm. an actual real time looking at someone response to what they're saying. No, it's me at work with my heart racing. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's me being like, I'm on the clock and I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be doing so much better at my job that I'm getting paid for if I were done being mad at you. <laughs> You're ruining my job and my life. Um, so good. So you talked on the phone and resolved things. Yeah. We were like, the text is a terrible way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and what you don't do. <laughs> there's what you don't do. Would we follow that? No, not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told me about a system they used with their partner mm-hmm. because they'd been together for a really long time and of course like the whole anger thing was in there um and they had their own relationship problems Mm -hmm. and they had a system of like a code word thing Mm -hmm. where because you know you get into a heated argument and it's especially over text it's Mm -hmm. each person is so deeply invested in their own side that it's like they've totally lost perspective on what the original problem was Mm -hmm. um it's one of those like the original thing happened and then you have a reaction to it and then you have a reaction to the other person's reaction and then the rest of the conversation is about that and you've totally Mm -hmm. forgotten like why you were mad in the first place yeah um so they were like let's just have one of those and then if it feels like whoa this is getting out of control use it Mm -hmm. Um, like use this word and they were like the one rule of this is that no matter what it has to be respected I love that if it's followed uh huh right foreshadowing oh dear (laughs) who um so that was set up I think I picked Ziploc it was the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know why <laughs> food preservation methods were in my brain at the moment, but I was like, Ziploc. Mm-hmm. So that, that was supposed to be um, the whole code word thing. Um, 
And and I think I made a list in my notes that was good stuff because I didn't want to forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I mean they were just every time I actually saw them in person, it was great. It was nice. Um, even just like running into each other, like at theater interactions, mm-hmm. it was like a hug and a how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And like, you got one more day in you? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, move on to the next thing. Um, but definitely after a while, because it was, it was a lot of time mm-hmm. that I was taking, like out of there. We're back to the first person now. Are we still talking about shit? Am I getting people <laughs> confused? Uh, the whole, this whole time, except for like that little mention of like me hanging out with this other gal uh, oh, is the geez. same person. Okay. And now I'm back on your, the same page. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this whole like code word shouldn't text Lottie Doss setup was with this original person. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be vague with the pronouns, but maybe that hasn't been helping. It's okay. Um, but then it got, it ended up getting strained because mm. I was like looking for backup all the time, mm-hmm. pretty much, pretty significantly all the time. Um, Cause going into like, August it was still just sort of like me waiting to see how this process was going to go as far as actual psychiatric stuff Mm -hmm. um so it was definitely a strain on them Mm -hmm. um because their their partner was off like out and away for like a couple of months Mm mm-hmm and it was during it was during the time period that I had first approached them. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that beginning chunk, it was like a significant part of their life was not there. Yeah. Um, but then it got to the point where this other person was back. Their life is kicking back up to what it usually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am still like trying to grab attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but then being very aware Mm-hmm. That like they have that much more stuff going on, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and open like asks for support just end up turning into passive requests for attention. Mm-hmm. Like I'll sort of hint that I need something with the theoretical thought that like you don't have to do anything if you don't want to, but really it's just an added stressor. Yeah. Because you have to interpret someone else's shit at the same time as you're supposed to be giving them support. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot. Oh, (laughs) la-di-da, just stuff going downhill. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was definitely one point, because we didn't actively hang out, just the two of us, terribly many times. Yeah. Um. But one of them was we had set up that like on a weekend we were going to do something. And then there was some other, it was like a text chain or some shit about doing like a group 
set up something. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thought the whole time was like, well, I guess like, is this still happening? Am I getting ditched for this other thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the conversation, me asking about it was over text. Mm-hmm. Um, and their response was, not unreasonable, but kind of curt. Um, and it came across to me like they were mad about the fact that I was like, is this thing happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of devolved into like them sort of aggressively being like, well, what do you want to do? Like, if you want to do, if you don't want to do this other thing, like, what do you want to do? And at that point, I just felt terrible. And I was like, I just don't want you to talk to me like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just got worse. And then it was like, can I just call you? Mm -hmm. I feel terrible. Uh, Why is this happening? I just don't want you to talk to me like this. Um, And then we ended up getting together. Um, But I think it was just, that one was just weird. That one felt like it was just entirely out of obligation. Yeah, weird energy. Yeah. Started off with weird energy. Yeah. Um, um, so at that point on, it was just like things felt strained. Um, communication was more curt. Mm-hmm. There were a few times where, because um, like I would get really paranoid if mm-hmm. I didn't like get a response to something right away mm-hmm. um, especially if we had like already been talking for a bit mm-hmm. and then it just like sort of cut off mm-hmm. um, um, and eventually at one point they were like sometimes I just want to take like I need to take time away from talking to people and I'll let you know mm-hmm. when that happens um, so when that happened it worked just fine Mm-hmm. If they're like, I need a weekend away from this, mm-hmm. like, t- don't don't say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that sort of hostily, mm-hmm. but it was like, I just don't like. I don't want to be chitty chatting all the time yeah. over whatever time period. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Back to that, you'll never be alone thing. (laughs) Expectation they Uh, set up. uh, But it was one of those. I kept going back even during this time period when it was like things feel weird and like you don't want to be a part of this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like at the point where I should have just backed away entirely. Mm -hmm. It also sounds like they didn't know what their boundaries were going into this. They yeah. didn't set anything like that up, which would have been helpful. And that's the thing. There was like the declaration of what boundaries would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, from what I have heard since, they felt that they were much clearer with their mm. boundaries than I was acknowledging. Okay. Um, but the way... The way they kind of communicated um, those sorts of boundaries wasn't 
it wasn't a declarative statement of I can't be your support anymore. Just mm-hmm. like straight up, I can't handle that. Mm-hmm. It was. Sure they didn't want to say that. Yeah. They didn't want that to be true. Well, it was stuff like you are asking too much of me. You're asking for this thing and I can't deliver it. Mm-hmm. And it was stuff that I wasn't asking for and didn't want them to do. Mm-hmm. So they would say that. And instead of me being like, that means I should go away. Mm-hmm. I would think that's not stuff that I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. I need to push the fact that that's not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of it being what I think they wanted, which was I can't give you these things. This should stop now. It mm-hmm. was I can't give you these things. Me going, I'm not asking for those things. And mm-hmm. then I think them probably not knowing what to do. Except mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a time period in there where it was like, you you want me to be your therapist and I can't be your therapist. And it was like, I don't want you to be my therapist. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's one of those, like, I can't just, I can't just agree with you mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, sure. Okay. I will take this to interpret what you want it to mean, which is that you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But in order for me to accept that, I have to agree with this statement you're making that isn't true. Mm-hmm. This is escalating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept going back to the fact that they said they would let me know if they couldn't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was very much expecting that in a clear declarative statement. Okay. Um, And I'm sure part of it was that I just wanted it in a clear declarative statement Mm -hmm. because very continually, because I was super paranoid the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, And they definitely felt the effect of me being paranoid and kind of like testing whether this was um, as reliable as it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And the statement I continually got was like, you need to trust me when I, say something mm-hmm. so i'll be like okay um but i think my standard for what meant they were done was far more directly severely direct than they thought would be necessary mm-hmm. um which, yeah, in another situation with a different person, it probably would have been plenty. It can be hard to be that direct, too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially especially going into it at like 120%. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you then be like, sorry, I'm outie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Too much, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially if you've, try, if you've been trying to slide into it mm-hmm. gently and you're aware of... The fact that you're the only person this person is communicating with. Because this whole time, this was the only person that I was talking to Mm -hmm. about pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. Like I had like a super short-lived, not even like relationship with somebody in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And this person was the only one who knew about it. And I think still is the only person who knew about it. Mm Because like I just never talked about it with anyone else. Right. Um. Um, so, oh yeah, this is sort of like a general downhill that was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it got to the point where I would try to talk to them. It got to the point where I was trying to talk to them and it wasn't even about me anymore. It was just me trying to figure out what was going on, Mm -hmm. which I probably could have figured out on my own exactly what was going on. But I was expecting that I could get a real declarative statement out of it. Yeah. Um, So it would be me trying to communicate and them being like, I can't talk to you about this stuff right now. Mm hmm. And me saying, this isn't even my shit. I'm just trying to talk about like what's going on with the two of us. Yeah. Which to them, it's just the same amount of attention demanding. Mm -hmm. Um, So it got to um, Sketchfest um, of 2016, Mm -hmm. which is where it kind of like super boiled over. And it was also the week of one of my shows. Mm. (laughs) Um, And like two days beforehand, it was some like Facebook interaction of mine that they made like kind of a snarky comment on, Mm -hmm. which I probably took as snarkier than it actually was. You're feeling sensitive. Because fucking text. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there is an instinct for both of us on both sides to take things as more aggressive and angry than they actually are. Yeah. Because there's no tone to interpret. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and I texted them about it later. Like that was kind of like a really shitty thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I don't remember what the responses were, but things that I thought were equivalently snarky. Mm hmm. And my response to one of them was just, fuck off, mm-hmm. which I say to people a lot um, in a more joking way. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, to me, it doesn't hold the gravity, mm-hmm. I think, that it does mm-hmm. with other people. So they hear, fuck off. And you're like, fuck off. <laughs> 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 they didn't see that I had my top hat on yeah. and my chimney sweep brush, or they would have <laughs> known that it was like, fuck off. Fuck off, mate. Um, So, but the response to that was just like a blow up. Oof. Okay. Of just like a rant of like what a shitty friend I was. Like I wasn't actually one of their friends because all I wanted them for was like to be my therapist Mm -hmm. and like how ungrateful other people were about things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, it was like reading it and I was like, I think half of this is not about me. Mm. Um, so I'd be like, wait. Or this situation. This is like other things. Yeah. Lots, oh, yeah. It was definitely like. brought into this conversation. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of stress that just like I was the one who fucking popped the bubble. Mm. Um, so my response was to be like, okay, can we hold on and like talk about this in a different context? Like, can I call you so we can figure this out because i'm not really sure what's happening right now Mm -hmm. and they were like no suddenly things are stakes emotional stakes are high oh yeah they got super high real fast okay um and they were like no i'm not gonna talk to you um like you're not my friend we're not gonna talk oh no Um, okay so i left it alone for that day and then the next day thinking a lot about 
the solo show in June and kind of how that interaction had gone. Um, and I was like, we need to talk before my show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, and their response was, no, we don't. Oof. Yeah. Uh, we can talk when we're there. Like I will talk to you when we're there. And I said, no, we're going to fucking talk before then because you're not ruining another one of my shows. We've ridden this wiener together before. (laughs) Yeah. this skating wiener mm-hmm. um and we didn't put our helmet on and then we hurt our head yeah so you're trying to strap on helmets so that <laughs> you're not dealing with personal emotional shit at your show because you want your show to go well and you obviously have to interact with them at this show yeah and it was the one the one emotion i had never really displayed with them before was just straight up anger Mm. And this really was that. Yeah. It was like, fuck you, we're going to talk or I'm never going to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. And that worked. The response to that was like, okay, we can talk. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they said. Yeah. It was like, we can talk at some point. Like, like, okay, we'll have a conversation, but like later this week. And I was like, no, we're going to have it. Yeah. Now or never. Bucko. Yeah. Right now. Um, so I ended up meeting up with them and it was as suspected, um, a whole lot of angry and reaction to other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were very sorry, like immediately apologetic, like Mm -hmm. walked into this place we were meeting and sat down and was immediately like, I'm sorry, that shouldn't have been directed at you. Um, Mm -hmm. and they then said like, I understand if. This makes our relationship different. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't really want to be friends with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I just wanted you to say what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, It's part of what came along with my history of severe out of control emotional reactions. Um, I have a pretty high tolerance for other people's. Like if someone if someone is like raging angry at me, I will not like hold a grudge about it mm-hmm. if they just tell me why. Mm-hmm. Like you can be really hostile if like I could just figure it out afterwards and be like, oh, OK, that was kind of shitty. But like I got an explanation. Yeah. Because that was the kind of reception that I had gotten from people that had been supportive of me because mm-hmm. I somehow still have friends from college mm. and they're just the loveliest people, but I don't know how they're still around. Cause you're the loveliest people. Oh, <laughs> everyone has their shit. That's, that's very and true. Everyone has their low points. And I feel like if you have friends that are there the whole time, you know, they see the journey, they yeah. know you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Not that mental illness is not a part of who we are, you know, if. Oh, yeah. It's definitely something to be. It's something you have to maintain. Mm-hmm. I'll never be one of those people who's like, it's an integral part of me and my personality. And mm-hmm. it like makes me who I am. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, nah, it's a problem mm-hmm. it's a that pillar. I have to tamp down. Yeah. Um, it's a pillar that holds up the house and I got to make sure 
I fill in the cracks. Yeah. Well, it's almost like your actual brain is the foundation of the house Mm -hmm. and it's like termites Mm -hmm. and you got to keep going down and spraying for termites or they're going to, they're going to eat out your foundation. You're so much better at metaphors than (laughs) I am. I was imagining the pillar being under the house, but pillars it could go it could above be, the foundation. It's a ground pillar, a griller, a griller, a griller, baby. <laughs> a griller, baby. <laughs> um, but that was like their response to it was somehow that I just wasn't going to want to be like a part of this relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. When I was like, it's really like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Just maybe communicate with me next yeah. time. Yeah. Um, But it never recovered anything past that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I heard that line from them a few more times. And I was like, I already told you. Which line? Like, if you don't want to be even friends with me? Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure if you wanted to hear from me or some shit. Do you think that was them being like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you? Yeah. 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 No, if I, if I had been less sort of pushy and set on the literal and Mm -hmm. in a place where I wasn't relying solely on this one person, Mm -hmm. um, there are many points where I would have backed away Mm -hmm. and been like, this is not, this is someone telling me that they don't want to be here Mm -hmm. by telling me that I don't want to be here. Yeah, they probably were feeling guilty. Or, like, would have felt guilty if they were just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'll never I'll never actually know what was going on in there. But considering what they told me about their own mental state, I don't think they like when they're prompted to have overly emotional reactions to things. Mm. Like, I'm not either. Yeah. I don't think anyone is, but I think there is a certain level of like guilt that goes along with that, um, mm-hmm. no matter what. And this is all conjecture on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing at least what I have seen of like the really good parts of them, that would seem to be in line. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a point, I guess it would have been. October 6th, because I know the dates around all of this. Mm-hmm. October 6th or 7th. So Sketchfest has happened. Sketchfest has happened. It's like extra weird, the time in between, yeah. which I guess is only like a couple of weeks. When you saw each other at the festival, were things cool? or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you'd had this convo. Yeah. Got it. Well, it was like it was cool on my part, and then on their part, it was like not cold, but like weary. Treated, yeah, treating me like I don't know if you want to be. Friends or not. October Um, 6th. I was attempting to figure out a time that we could be in the same place or at least on the phone to like talk about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the only time we have effectively figured anything out was on the phone or in the same place. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it. I feel like it's important to note that nothing, none of the like anger and aggressiveness Mm -hmm. and like rage and argument ever happened face to face. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It was only ever in text communication. Every time we were actually in the same place, mm-hmm. it might have been emotional, but it was never conflict. Yeah. Um, it was only ever in the text medium that like shit was really bad. So I was like, spending actual time will fix all of this. It'll be fine. We mm-hmm. just need to sit down and be like, so what the fuck's going mm-hmm. on? But still, at this point, you haven't had a normal friendship. Like, you oh, haven't yeah, been no. like, let's go to the beach or like, let's catch a show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There had been even like the hangout times where like we would end up talking about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was another like, I want to talk to you about what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was right before a weekend. So there was a point where I wasn't getting responses and I was telling them what I felt, which was that these other things, like telling me I was asking for things that I felt I wasn't asking for and saying things like, I don't know if you want to be friends with me was their attempt to make me, like, get rid of myself. Mm-hmm. I was saying that at them because I wasn't getting responses to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the response that I finally got was, like, you're making up conspiracy theories about me. I just want to have some time on my own. I wasn't responding because... I need to be away from this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool. You said you'd tell me when you needed that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I ended up leaving it alone like for that weekend. Um, And then on the Monday, I was kind of back at it and was like, can we figure out a time to talk? Finally. Um, And the response was like, I can... Like, I can talk tomorrow. Hmm. Um, How do you think they're feeling at this point? uh, The responses were very curt and kind of cold. Yeah. Um, So they're not feeling good. No. No. And kind of, I interpreted like a sort of snarky level of antagonism. Mm -hmm. Like where you're very deliberately like, meh. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, it was over text. Mm-hmm. but it, that part seemed very clear. Um, shit. What was I saying? Oh, uh, so I was like, cool. What time? And like, where could we meet? And they mm-hmm. were like, we're not meeting in person. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you on the phone. Okay. And I was like, cool. What time would work best? And they were like, after five. Mm-hmm. I was like, great. Is there a more specific time Mm -hmm. because i know you've probably got other stuff to do Mm -hmm. um and you're gonna be driving at some point in there i assume it's a weekday Mm -hmm. and the only response i could get was after five um and um the response after that was um you just don't know when to say okay Mm -hmm. and i said um shit what was it okay (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't because i was like fucking 
what are you talking? I'm trying to figure out information that I feel like is going to make your life easier. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, I feel like we set up all these rules and you're changing them and you're not telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the response I got was, do not contact me again. Whoa. Yeah. So. Oh, this relationship is complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about to get a lot less complicated because it's about to not exist anymore. Okay. Um, so I just kind of flipped mm-hmm. and was like, texting, texting, what's going on? Like, please talk to me. I don't understand. Um, and I just kept getting, do not talk to me again. Mm-hmm. Do not contact me again. Um, until it finally got to the point where I sent a message and the response I got back was that your number has been blocked. Well, cause like it bounces back that little one to you. Yeah. Um, wow. and so they had hit a, hit a breaking point that you didn't know they were yeah. at. Um, so that happened, Ugh. hopped onto Facebook. They had already blocked me there. Mm-hmm. So they went and like cleared me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this was like my breaking point too. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of spiraled out. Um, oh God. I mean, I said some pretty dramatic stuff in there. Mm. Like, I think at some point I said, like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Cause I, that, that day was the closest to actual kicking it that I've ever gotten mm-hmm. and it was in that moment yeah um because that was just like an emotional flurry like the kind that you can't control yeah um and I distinctly remember thinking that this was the one circumstance they had told me that I would not be alone for and mm-hmm. I was like ha huh, what do you know this mm. is actually the cause of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much more dramatic in person. I'm shining over some of that in just bare explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, You're having a breakdown. Yeah. A bad one. Severe. One of um, worst. Yeah. Yeah. One where I ended up with like a giant chef's knife in the bathroom mm. and was like, I don't know what to do because my thought was if this person who has guaranteed that they would never leave has left, Mm -hmm. how is anyone else ever going to deal with you? Yeah, that's a, a pretty intense promise to make to someone you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. How did you get yourself out of there? I just literally got out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, funnily enough, um, took advice of theirs. Because um, they had told me before, because they had their really terrible streak of the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just walk into an emergency room and be like, can I sit here for a while? Mm-hmm. Um so that's what I did. Oh, in the I lobby? Was, yeah, I was actually taking their advice, which I also realized the irony of at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I just left. I was like, if I stay, if I stay in my apartment, I'll be dead in a second. Yeah. Um, but I live like right next to Virginia Mason. Like I can walk there. Mm-hmm. So I went into the, um, the emergency room and like went up to the little counter and was like, can I just sit here for a while? Mm. And they were like, well, what's wrong? And I was like, I just don't think I'm, I think I might do bad stuff. So can I just mm-hmm. sit here? And they were like, do you want to be admitted? And I was like, no, I just want to take a seat. Mm-hmm. So I went and sat and I was there for a bit. And then like, cause they have social workers on hand yeah, and came out. Um, and she like asked me what was up and I don't remember what I said. Yeah. And then she was like, do you want to be admitted? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my impression of my crying voice. No. Um, no. <laughs> uh, and her response was, why not? And I didn't have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Well, money. <laughs> money. I've, um, I've sat in emergency room lobbies when I'm having allergic reactions. <laughs> You've I'm, got your phone out doing math. You're like I'm administering my own medicine, <laughs> and if it doesn't it's go cool. well, and a doctor actually told me to do that. That's America. <laughs> like, <laughs> to do your own medicine. Yeah, well, do your EpiPen and go sit there, and don't get admitted unless you have to, because it costs like two grand. Oh yeah, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um. So you, I'm guessing you were admitted. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't have an answer. I went in. They did like the basic stuff. Because if you go in for that, they have to do like a basic mm-hmm. physical workup to see if there are like drugs involved or any shit like that. Sure. Um, I ended up there for like three hours and most of it was just sitting like in a beige room. But it was very awkward because when you go into the hospital because you're like, I think I might kill myself, they don't let you be alone ever. Yeah. So this whole time waiting, there's just like a nurse at like this sort of rolly desk thing just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you make, do they want to converse with me? <laughs> <laughs> like when installation people come into your house and you're like, do they want small talk or do they just want to stand there and do their job? Like, I don't want to be rude, yeah. but I don't want to bother them. Mm-hmm. I don't especially feel like talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I had to pee at one point. Oh, do and they have they, to go in with you? They don't have to go in, but you have to leave the door open and they're oh. standing right there. Okay. And they were like, I have to, like, I can't close the door. And before they could finish the sentence, I was like, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the end of the visit, another like social worker person came in and like gave me the little rundown of like, do you still feel like this is a problem? Do you own a gun? I was like, no, no, now I just mm-hmm. feel stupid. Mm-hmm. Um. Because when you sit in a beige room for long enough and get to think about your actions, suddenly you feel extra embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy, now I got to explain to somebody why I'm here. Yeah. Um, but I ended up going home mm-hmm. after a while. Tried calling this person a couple of times to tell them what had happened. But your number was blocked. Yeah. Well, I, like you call, it just goes straight to voicemail. And I was like, I don't know if they ever get these or yeah. not. I don't know how this works. Um, that is essentially the end of our relationship right there. Yeah, did you ever speak again or see each other? Or? Uh, we've had to see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I've spoken like two words to them and only in a professional capacity when they had to. Mm -hmm. And there was one text conversation that I attempted to have like six months later that went down the tubes really fast. Uh. That almost was a, I'll say hi to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the whole time in between was no information and not really knowing what had happened mm-hmm. and not knowing um, like how much of it was me. Because mm-hmm. there, I went the whole spectrum of thought, which was I caused this entirely mm-hmm. and then they were shitty and they made this happen and this mm-hmm. is their fault. And yeah. then I finally landed somewhere in between. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about it now? Uh, I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been fallout since from it with other people. Um, about this relationship? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is, I have no idea what time it is. Where are we? Oh, boy. Um, I guess the rest of it will have to be part two or some shit. Uh, Because Rob's got stuff happening exactly right now. Um, Okay. Um, Well, we'll get to the happy wrap up bit before it goes into the shitter again. mm -hmm. Not quite so heavily. That night I got back home and the first thing, because it was was like World Mental Health Day. (laughs) (laughs) Which was... I just thought it was the funniest thing. And I went on Facebook and told this little story about how it was World Mental Health Day. And I just tried to kill myself. Wow. And the response I got was just amazing. There are so many mm-hmm. like supportive people that, you know, that you never suspect are there until you actually try talking to them. Yeah. It's not a bad place to be like, hey, I could use some support. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Internet is such a bad place. That's a good thing you can (laughs) use it for. (laughs) Yeah. When you restrict it to just your friends. Yeah. Um, So that that really prompted me actually speaking to other people. And I've Mm -hmm. talked about it a lot since then. Yeah. And Um, processed, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, What what have you been like your biggest lessons you feel like you learned from this relationship? Uh, the, uh, I mean, there are so many, mm-hmm. the biggest one is really that not so much that you can't trust other people. Cause that sounds really mm-hmm. sort of antagonistic, but that, um, people are going to try to do more than they can people will do things with the best of intentions and it's still up to you to regulate your involvement and what that means. Mm -hmm. Knowing when to walk away Mm. has been the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And part of the fallout afterward was me not knowing when to walk away. Yeah. Because I kept trying to figure this thing out that I should have just left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. And that's always been my problem is not knowing when to walk away from stuff. Yeah. And being persistent and testing mm-hmm. and blowing up a lot of relationships. Yeah. Because of it. You're definitely not alone in that. Turns out. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that's good. I mean, that's bad, but that's good. Um, and you mentioned you haven't, you haven't had to deal with suicidal thoughts on, on the reg in a while, which is great. Yeah. Um, How did you get there? How did you get from World Mental Health Day 2016 to now? Therapy and medication. Yay. And really, I would like to credit the medication a lot. Um, And it was really just earlier this year that it stopped being a major issue. Mm -hmm. Because I I got like the one mood stabilizer, Mm -hmm. the really nice one. Mm -hmm. And you can only bump it up to a certain amount before it like just it isn't what you need anymore Mm -hmm. um so now i've got lithium in there too which Mm -hmm. is a very threatening drug to start Mm -hmm. like you never really hear great stories about lithium um and if you take a lot of it for a long time like it's gonna kill your kidneys eventually yeah Um, all the stories i hear of lithium are like they took it as a last resort yeah. because things were bad. Yeah. And it is, it's very effective, especially on the suicidal ideation range, mm-hmm. which is why my medication gal recommended it. Mm. Um, and since it's one of those situations where a combo of med, a combo of medications always seems by default, like overkill. But mm-hmm. in this situation, it's like, you've got a thing that's working and mm-hmm. you just need like a little bump somewhere else. Yeah. So that has been working very well. And that was probably like March. So this, this is a long and continuing process. Like the, this happened in 2016 and like four months ago, I had my last, my most recent medication adjustment. So it's Mm -hmm. just like a constant. Yeah. Keeping an eyeball on it. Um, I love hearing like medication success stories. Like oh, people it's figure so it good. out. Like it's serving the purpose. Shove it's made pills for. in your face always. <laughs> if they're prescribed. But it's hard. It's hard with mental health medication or like even like birth control, finding like the right what's good for your body and your brain. Oh, yeah. Because you, it can just go so south. Oh, yeah. And mental health especially is entirely trial and error. Yes. It's like, we'll throw this thing at you because it worked for somebody before. Yeah. Oops. But we don't know it if again. it'll work for you. We'll find out. Shrug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, out of that, I've developed a lot of much better relationships out of that sort of really bad event. Mm-hmm. Um, a Good. lot more people that I talk to about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um all of that talking has really been the inspiration for this to exist. Yeah. Um, and knowing that communicating with people is better and that we all have these experiences. And I wanted to feel better about myself knowing that other people were messing stuff up too. Sure. Um, That's one of the best parts about it, I feel like, is for people not to feel alone and to listen yeah. and be like, oh my God, yeah, I know what you mean. And that was even though I didn't listen to my episode of your podcast, <laughs> I, like a couple of people reached out and were like, dude, me too. Thank you for sharing. You yeah. know, which was like made it so worth it. And I feel like the story you told today is like, God, I bet you so many people are like, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They're like, oh, God. Yeah. Head in hand. <laughs> yeah. But oh, like, no. but like, I mean, their promise of like, you're not ever alone if you extract it from that relationship, like you really aren't in that 
you're not going through some, you're not the only person going through something shitty and yeah, or this particular brand of shitty, like somebody else out there is too. And that's something great about this podcast or any podcast, getting to hear people connect or music, like listening to music. That's one of the best parts about lyrics is like, wow. Like you can kind of project your own shit and be like, wow, they had the same bullshit happen to them. (laughs) Yeah. Feels good. Feels good to know that. And, uh, it is important to me to remember that, um, when that crisis moment actually came around, Um, I was alone Mm -hmm. and still managed it. Yeah. That's great to come out on the other side of something. And now, you know, it's possible that the power you have within you to help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is a situation I thought would never Mm -hmm. work out. And And the next time you're on that path, you strap on a helmet, some elbow pads, (laughs) knee pads. Get this dick in line. Yeah. Get this wiener. Yeah. But yeah, I, I talked a lot more openly after that. I've talked about, I just make a point of just continually bothering people with <laughs> my problems. Um, we all have to. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of the relationships that developed directly from that um, are people who went on to be my biggest supports when I decided to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I also couldn't have accomplished if I weren't talking mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. How long I, has it been since you stopped drinking? 13 foot no 12 17 months congrats thank you that's great yeah i hit a year and a half last month um but that wouldn't exist if there weren't people that sort of knew what situation i was in and what i needed to accomplish yeah and who i could reach out to and be like hey i'm doing this thing Mm -hmm. everyone hold me to it (laughs) i i make promises to myself that I declare to other people um because if there's one thing that will affect what I do it's shame Mm. so if I if I make a declaration to a bunch of people that I'm gonna do something I'll keep doing it just Mm -hmm. because I can't be like ah I can't go back and tell them that I didn't do it I care too much about the opinions of others Uh, and it's been working so far nice that shame can be used for good oh yeah yeah, we should yeah, have yeah. another episode just on shame. <laughs> just on shame. <laughs> Get a bunch of people to do it. <laughs> sit around. We should sit around with 10 people and just be like, shame. Yeah. Which, which 10 of you are fine with other people knowing who you are? And we'll do a roundtable discussion. <laughs> well, that would be fun to have all your guests on at once and we can have a group discussion. That would be fine. I probably, with the pseudo privacy of it, I probably couldn't do that yeah but i bet there are some who would be like we know who these other people are for sure let's all have a chitty chat well sam thank you for being a guest on here's what you don't do (laughs) thank you for being a host on here's what you don't do any time i love this (laughs) podcast so truly um well thank you everybody for tuning in oh yeah Um, let me do my info blurb yeah you do Um, that i don't know how to do that (laughs) i've only been doing it in the past few like since we came back because i realized i should tell people Mm um uh we're on Facebook and Twitter at HWIDD Podcast. Um, if you want to share a story or be a guesty person, that's a thing you can do. Um, you can email us at HWIDDPodcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can find us 
where can you listen and subscribe to us? Podbean, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, which is my favorite. That's how I listen to all my podcasts. Um, and Google Play Music. I don't know if anyone uses that, but it's there <laughs> if you're that person who's like, I'm a Google Play person. <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Kayla, thank you so much. Okay, now you do the sign. And that's all. Uh, bleep, bleep, bleep. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, goodbye. Bye.